Hi, I'm Heather Mulder. And I'm Janice Greeno, and you're listening to Dementia Untangled, where we explore the topic of dementia through conversations with physicians, experts, and community leaders. Our discussions focus on innovative ideas, practical strategies, and proven methods to guide caregivers along a supportive path. Hello, and welcome to Dementia Untangled. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of our podcast. Today, our conversation will be with Grace Meadows, a campaign director for Music for Dementia and a music therapist. And we're going to be discussing the power and importance of music for people living with dementia. Janice, you know, this is a passion point for me. Uh, Music has been such an important part of my entire life. And it has been incredibly important even just over the past couple years, what we've been able to do with Banner Alzheimer's Institute in the way of music throughout the pandemic. Pre-pandemic, we had started some engagement programs that were really focusing on the use of music. But when things shut down and people were quarantined, it was amazing the connection that you could make with people over Zoom while sharing music with each other. Our Shine Your Light Choir has been meeting consistently every week. Two dozen people come together and share the joy of music with each other and this human experience. And it's been amazing to see not only the connection between participants that grows, but the communication and the ability to express themselves and this real sense of community that forms around it. So I'm really excited about today's conversation and diving more into the power of music. You know, it's so true, Heather, and to experience the power of music at work in these creative programs is absolutely incredible. And I just wanna thank you for sharing your passion and your leadership and sharing the power of music. We all know that listening to our favorite music can be like having a good friend. It can lift our mood. It can meet us right where we are. And sometimes it can bring us to a better place. And so I'm so excited today to hear more about how music enriches and improves the quality of life for all generations, and especially people living with dementia. Welcome, Grace. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. Oh, a real pleasure, and thank you for having me. I'm really curious to learn a little bit more about you. Could you tell us about your journey and what led you to connect with the dementia community? Yes. Uh, Like many uh, young children, I started out at school with a recorder much to the delight of parents not um and uh and it really it really grew from there and I didn't come from a musical household so we're not quite sure where my musical curiosity came from but it it started off with a recorder and then it expanded into um singing at school and singing in the school choir and the church choir and coming home one day with a violin and and then that turning into a bassoon the next day and really I I sort of found my musical home with the bassoon it was a quirky unusual instrument and and I loved the novelty of it 
and I loved the sound it made and and how it made me feel playing it and so really my my sort of passion was then uh, formed around around the love of playing this instrument and I felt that really what I wanted to do was learn how to play it uh, brilliantly and so my education was shaped around getting to music college so I found myself at music college and and actually I, I wasn't sure suddenly whether this was the thing for me and I finished my my music degree and took some time out really to ponder really what I wanted to do with music I, I love performing but I'm, I wouldn't say I'm the most natural performer but I also found when I was performing that I was missing something there was something missing for me I, I knew I was giving something with music, but I didn't feel I was getting anything back. And for me, music has always been about relationships and connecting with people. And I, and at that time, I didn't know about music therapy, really. So I, I, I continued to play a bit, but felt like I just was missing something. So I started to do a bit of research and I came across music therapy, partly because I'd seen what drama had done for my brother who has cerebral palsy and he he struggled quite a lot with a, a stammer and a, a bit of a stutter and actually when he got up on stage and he was reciting long long um monologues and you know being involved in really creative uh dramatic plays I thought gosh if that's what words can do for him and they really bring him out of himself and give him this amazing confidence surely we can do this with music and so naively I started sort of looking into it and then found this whole world that I could get involved with and um, did some introductory courses and learned more and my journey to dementia was pretty quick once I started with finding out about music therapy I went and shadowed a music therapist who was working in a day centre in the East End part of, of London. And it was a really sad place. It wasn't the kind of place we would like dementia settings to be. Uh, there was no artwork on the wall. There was no sense of community. There was no warmth. There was no, there was no heart in this setting. And I found it really very, very profound, this experience of walking in and seeing people disconnected isolated not really being anyone other than walking shells there was there was this sense that was there was no one really around and yet the place was full of people and I joined the music therapist for this session and, and in came to this into this room adults who seemingly had little awareness of of each other or of those uh, of themselves or the, the potential to connect together really and they were all they were from all kinds of cultures and had various different ethnic backgrounds. And I, and I wondered about how, how was this group going to come together? What, what's the thread here? And the music therapist who was um, just so attuned to these people started introducing music slowly. She was, she was uh, picking up on the cues that they were giving her. There was one lady singing spirituals and she was talking back about going back to meet her maker. And then there was somebody else who was tapping their foot ever so slightly. And then someone else who had their head down and, and had their eyes closed. And, and slowly, 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 she introduced a hello song, an improvised hello song. And using improvisation, she brought this group together and suddenly they were the, the group was connecting with each other in a range of ways, body gestures and facial expressions, verbal expressions. Um, and it was really 
quite extraordinary to watch these four very disconnected people suddenly become so connected through music and attunement that this music therapist had applied with this music and you know the, the weaving together of all these people through these kind of musical interpretations of character to the point where we were all up on our feet and dancing um and I, I so vividly re remember the moment because there was one lady in the group who couldn't verbally communicate, but she took my hand and we danced together. And I, her, I, her eyes come back to me right now as we're talking, you know, they were so blue, so crystal blue. And, um, and the, just these beaming smiles kept coming from her. And we, we danced alongside the others in the group. And then as the, as the music wound down and we, and we were uh, finding our way back to our seats, she started to move her mouth up and down as though she was trying to talk. And I am absolutely convinced uh, to this day that she was trying to say thank you. And I mentioned this to the music therapist afterwards. And she said, you know, it wouldn't surprise me because she's really wanted to connect with people, but she hasn't spoken for years. So the fact that she got that close to being able to verbally say something means how profound that moment was to her. And for me, that, that really sits deep in my heart in terms of uh, what inspired me to get involved with, with music in this way as, and, and train as a music therapist. And I, I, whenever I sort of wonder, am I, am I still doing the right thing? Am I, am I still passionate about this work? I think back to that experience and, um, and it sort of, you know, stokes the fire, so to speak. And, and really it was from that experience on that I went on and trained as a music therapist and, and have had the great privilege I must say of, of working with people from all ages, from, um, across you know, the lifespan from mums to be in maternity settings right through to people in end of life care, adult mental health, learning disabilities, um, communication uh, disorders. So I've had a real, a real privilege and, and now find myself um, really trying to drive a movement around what more we can be doing with music to help enhance and enrich people's lives. Grace, you certainly paint a vivid picture. And I think anybody who's experienced working with music with people with dementia, we have these moments that it just absolutely take your breath away. We know how powerful music is and it can connect to people in a way that so many other disciplines can't. I would love to learn more from you. Um, you talk about kind of four key benefits um, of music. And first and foremost, a lot of us can resonate with this one is mental health. Absolutely. I mean, music is our emotions into sound, right? So it can be, as you talked about in the intro, it can be what we need it to be in the moment. It can meet us where we're at and we can meet music where it's at and it can take us somewhere else. You know, and we saw that, as you said in the intro about the pandemic that, you know, we were, we were confined to our, our own homes and spaces and, you know, we couldn't go anywhere and, you know, we couldn't, step outside to brighten the mood or we couldn't uh, go outside to escape something that was stressing us perhaps but we could turn to music and that's what we saw literally saw the world do turn to music to take us to other places to allow us still to escape to help us manage the daily stressors of, of that horrific experience that everyone lived through and really that's that's what's so um 
profound about music is is this expression of self is this expression of emotion and that it helps us it work it helps us work with the energy of those emotions and it almost recycles those emotions and and changes them into something else which in turn helps us manage our men, our mental health you know and that's can be anything from you know singing in the shower in the morning as you get ready for work you're not sure about how you're feeling about facing the day but hearing the right song in the morning can just get you going it can lift you up and equally you know for those moments of solace and comfort when you might need a musical hug to let you know that actually yes things are a bit rotten at the moment but do you know what it's going to be all right music's there and I think that's the that's the real beauty of music. It's kind of it's mercurial nature. Is it can be what we need it to be, and and we we certainly see that. It's a, a wonderful way of expressing the non communicable. So you know when words are too much, when they're not enough, or they're no longer available, you can still process uh, your emotions and how you're feeling through music, and and not get stuck. That's another wonderful thing about music is that often we can feel very stuck, whether that's a momentary stuckness or whether that's a, a longer sort of sense of mood stuckness. But music can help move us on because of its dynamic, transformative nature. You know, I think along those lines, too, with mental health being such an important component of music, there's the communication aspect of it, too, in this aspect of self-expression and I remember early on when we first launched our choir virtually early in maybe it was April of 2020, one of the activities that we did to kind of get to know each other was songs from our life. And we had each participant come and, and we would share a couple songs each week of um, songs that just meant something to them. And, you know, we would learn about past careers that people had. One in particular, we heard a couple's wedding song that was played when they walked down the aisle. And it was amazing to see at this point, the person living with dementia had a really difficult time communicating, a really difficult time expressing herself verbally. But they put this song on that was so important to the two of them. And there was not a dry eye on the screen as this person was able to sing this entire song to her mm -hmm. partner. That's such a beautiful example because it gets really to the heart of it so quickly, which is that music helps people to be seen for who they are beyond their diagnosis. And in that moment, that couple could be husband and wife again. So they were able to connect in the here and now through that memory. She was able to be herself. She was able to be the wife. And and that's it's such a moving story because when the when verbal capacity to communicate declines and is no longer available, we need alternative channels for communication because we're social creatures. I mean, we're also musical creatures, but we're social creatures. And as part of being social creatures, you need to be able to communicate. You need to be able to express your needs, your wants, your wishes. And when that's taken away from you, that's very disabling and disempowering and actually what music does is it gives it enables it it provides people with a way to express themselves and and recall what's important to them really grace your story is so inspirational and i love how you talked about a musical hug 
And one of the key benefits I know, in addition to mental health and communication and self-expression, is care. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Absolutely. And so with music, it plays this amazing role in helping uh, us to, to communicate with people. And in doing so, it can help us enhance and enrich the quality of care that we provide. Sadly, we all know there is no cure for dementia. But what we do know is we've got this thing called music at our fingertips that we can be using as a way to enhance and enrich the quality of care for people living with dementia and for people across the lifespan, you know, regardless of, of their condition. We know that music has this quality to make care more personalised. Just going back to that last um, uh, the question and what we were thinking about there, we were thinking about someone's life in music and what you learn from somebody when you delve into their musical history. And I think that's, that's a really good starting point with care. When, when you know very little about somebody or you want to find another way of communicating or connecting with them, you delve into their musical personality. Now, they may say, no, I'm not, I'm not a musical person. But, you know, we've all got a connection and a relationship with music. We all have our own unique relationships with music. And, you know, once you start asking a few questions or you're doing a bit of music detective work, you soon start to tap into that person's musical relationship. And it doesn't need it doesn't mean that they need to have been a virtuosic violinist by any means or anything like that. It, it's more about what that music means to them and why it matters. You know, at the heart of really good personalised care is why does that music matter to you? What, why, what, what matters to you and why? And how can music help make your care more personalised? So I was talking to a, a social worker the other day and she was talking to me about how she uses music as part of her toolbox and I thought that was wonderful to hear a social worker say this and she said that she she had to whip out music as her tool because uh, they had finished a session in a care setting and they needed to get people back on the bus to get them home and she said you know normally this is a three carer scenario where they have to get three carers to help this one lady get onto the bus and it's about an hour to get her from the, the, the room to the bus. And she said, look, we don't have to do it like this. We can make this much more pleasurable for everybody. And, and so what she did was she put on that lady's favourite song. And within moments, that woman was singing along and they could have her up on her feet and they were able to walk her without any anxiety or distress or agitation to the bus and then they were able to carry on that music in the bus. So they were able to get her onto that bus without three carers, without lots of anxiety and distress. And she was able to make that transition and she could feel safe because the music was there wrapping around the care. And so really it's, it's using music in that way, that nuanced, subtle way to help deliver really meaningful, personalised care. I think that's such a great example. And, you know, I hear of caregivers um, having difficulty, you know, traveling with their person and putting the right radio station on, putting the right playlist on. It just kind of seems to soothe the environment for them. Absolutely. You know, music's a great way. It's a great primer. So, you know, if you've got something coming up in your day, you've got to get to an appointment or, you know, you've got somebody coming and you want to create 
a sense of security or safety around that moment, putting on music that puts someone at ease can be a lovely way of priming that moment. Equally, it can be a small transition from moving from the dining room to the living room and helping someone get to that place. It can also be a fantastic way of personal care, for example, is, is not always a very pleasant experience for people it often feels quite embarrassing and awkward and a bit undignified and what music does whether that's having your favorite music on in the background or the person delivering the personal personalized care is uh humming a song or the songs being sung together whatever it might be it just provides a bit of a screen and a distraction and something else to focus on rather than the task at hand and that the task at hand can happen but then the music's there to sort of wrap it around and give it a different feel and different experience and then of course we know that there is lots of ways in which people experience care you know work with physiotherapists or occupational therapists or a nurse needs to come and take some blood samples all those kinds of other elements of care that happen music has a role to play it can be really motivating for somebody if they're not really prepared to do their their exercise class you know you can turn music into you can use music to turn things into fun experiences and the same with you know we we had something here during the the, the pandemic where we created a guide on how to use music when vaccinating people living with dementia so that it could take the anxiety and the stress away from from having the vaccination and we we found that that went down really really well and so that's been adopted when people are having blood tests and, uh, and so on, those kinds of things. So really it's it's how does music meet the need? What is that person's, that individual's need and how can music be used uh, to, to help meet that need? And, and yes, music therapists have a really, really important role to, to do that. But actually we all have this connection with music and we all have uh, an ability to, to weave it into the care that we provide. And then finally, Grace, you mentioned um, community and sharing is the fourth key benefit. Absolutely. As I said, we're, we're all social creatures and it's really important to feel connected. And, and as the diagnosis of dementia takes hold, we know that people become more isolated. There's a lot of stigma attached to having a diagnosis. People might feel quite ashamed or embarrassed about it. But actually, where you are able to participate in music making experiences or experience music with other people, it can help you feel connected. It can help remind you that you still have an awful lot to offer, despite your diagnosis. And that you know, lots of people benefit from your contribution. I think lots of people living with dementia feel they have lots done to them. And by being part of a community where they're still very valued and respected and needed, that they feel that they're able to make a contribution and they're not just recipients of care. And that in turn helps support self-esteem and, and well-being and, and sense of self. Again, another important way of boosting um, mood and, and staving off uh, depression. I love how you shared about weaving that into the care of everyday life and how caregivers can um, help something that's very difficult even become fun. So talk to us about the different ways caregivers can use music in their daily lives. The first thing to say is that you do not have to be musically trained to be able to make the music happen as part of care. That's the great news. That and is great news. <laughs> the even better news is that people don't have to be musically trained to benefit 
from the power of music. You know, we are musical beings. We have it hardwired into us. So we all have the capacity to respond to it and to, to benefit from its, from its therapeutic powers. And so really it's about thinking about what is this person's need? What does their day look like? Where are the stress points? Where are the points where music might be helpful? What's important to them? Is it really important that they get to their singing group? Yes. Let's see, how can we get them to that singing group? Because that will mean more to them than anything else that happens today. That will give them the boost and the lift. And in that sense, the carer hasn't had to do any music per se. They've just had to know that that's, that's, that singing group is really important to that person. And it's really important to help get that person to that singing group. But equally, equally, as I was saying, you know, it could be something around personalized care. It could be helping that person to put a playlist together you know and thinking about well look what music matters to them what stories are attached to that music that matters to them and, and can we capture that somewhere be it a spotify playlist or um a, a, a pen and paper style playlist you know how do we how do we make sure that that's captured and is used as part of their everyday care you know what happens in the evening when someone's distressed and a bit agitated before bed is there music that you can put on to help soothe that person to reassure and calm and I think the, the the lovely thing about it is that you can always keep exploring this music because people's relationship with uh, dementia changes over time, obviously, as, as, the, as, as the condition progresses, but also people's relationship with music changes over time as well. So it's really mindful to, to really important, sorry, to be mindful of the fact that, that things change. So what might have really worked for somebody at the start of their dementia journey may change as, as the condition develops. I just, I just love that what you're doing in the UK is just so progressive. The fact that you're trying to figure out and explore how you can use music to provide a better vaccination experience mm -hmm. or having blood work. I mean, and then using that throughout the communities, that's just amazing to me. I, I just am so impressed with that that that's really wonderful to hear because actually you know music does have the ability to change the health of our communities and our societies and we need to be tapping into it so much more and the science is is complex it's complicated and it's fascinating but ultimately you know it boils down to the fact that we process music across our whole brain so it, we don't just process it in one region so when you have a degenerative condition such as dementia where the brain's being attacked then as, as bits of the brain aren't working as well because of the condition taking hold, there are other parts that are able to process it, which is why, you know, music's so useful with a condition such as dementia because it can be used across the, the diagnosis spectrum. So from somebody right at the point of diagnosis to the to end of life, you know, we've still got this inbuilt capacity to respond to music. And... There's so, the, you know, there's so much life experience there that we have, uh, you know, real world data to, to draw upon, but also, you know, the, the, the actual robust scientific evidence that, that's really underpinning this at the moment as well. So, you know, the, the science is, is in, on some levels complex, but on another level, it's really simple. Our brains love music and therefore we should ma maximise upon that in terms of helping people who, who are struggling to, to sort of manage their conditions, really. Music's a very, very powerful way of helping to manage some of these conditions.
such as dementia. That's so good. Boiling it down to our brains love music. When you talk about music and music therapy, I know there's a difference between just a caregiver using music at home and then a caregiver having a music therapist come in and work with their person who has dementia or to be a part of a choir like the Shine uh, Your Light Choir and have a music therapist working with people. Can you talk to us about the difference between music therapy and just creating a playlist or singing? What we talk about a lot with the campaign is the right music at the right time, delivered in the right way by the right person. And so absolutely, sometimes the playlist is exactly what you need. You, you're able to have full autonomy over that. You, you can press play, you can press stop, you can fast forward it, uh, you know, rewind it as and when you want to. There's, there's a sense there that your playlist is something you have agency and control over or you're working with a carer who can help you have that sense of agency and control over it and that's a real sort of universal experience that we can all have with music we can all be tapping into our playlist today uh, we don't have to have dementia to do that but that that's a kind of shared universal experience that that doesn't necessarily need a music therapist to help with. They can guide the, the carer to help create that list, but they don't really need the carer or the person living with dementia themselves to use that playlist to benefit from it. It's really about intent, really, is where we find the difference in the different types of practice. So a music therapist has been trained in understanding the neurological elements of dementia they understand the the psychiatry behind dementia and they understand the psychological processes behind dementia and, and the different presentations and so what they're able to do is really work on those elements to support a very particular clinical need so for example if somebody is acutely depressed for example the music therapist will be able to use therapeutic techniques with music to help the, that person process and manage their their depression and so what the music therapist is able to do is, is distill some of the skills and the training and the knowledge that they have in how you use music in a nuanced way to really personalize and tailor it and share that with other practitioners, be that carers or other healthcare practitioners, and then really help shape uh, music programs for people. So, for example, if you've got somebody, let's imagine that they are still living at home in the community and socializing is really important to them then what the music therapist can do is advise those providing the care for that individual that actually social um, contact and social interaction is really important to keep this person um, living well with dementia and therefore they must have access to that to that singing group because of all the benefits that singing group brings for that person so they can play a really key advisory role and they can be a liaison really between healthcare providers and, and the sort of psychiatrists and neurologists and, and take some of that information and translate and use it with carers in terms of how to apply music to address some of the issues uh, that somebody might be experiencing with their, with their dementia. So really there are different, there are, you know, there's lots of other ways in which music practitioners work, you know, some, some work, to provide entertainment and that in and of itself brings immense joy and and the byproduct is that that the people feel more relaxed and and so there is a therapeutic side effect if you like but it 
but when you get into practitioners such as music therapists and those who've been trained in using music in a therapeutic way, it's really about the intent and what it is that they're trying to, to help achieve or bring about by using music. Grace, this has been such an interesting conversation. I feel like I've learned so much from you and I don't want it to end, but we have to end it at some point. So I wonder if you could give us your final thought when it comes to using music with people with dementia. Gosh, only one final thought. Um, <laughs> I would say <laughs> I would say that we all have the capacity to respond to music and we all have the capacity to help make music a part of care and that people shouldn't feel afraid of music that music is our friend and you know not only is it good for our brains we know that our, you know and our brains love music but our hearts and our minds love music too and we know that it's really powerful and whether it's a small step you know singing in the shower in the morning or helping somebody with personal care with music right through to working with the music therapist music has a really key central role to play in enhancing and enrich, enriching the quality of care for those living with dementia and and if people really aren't sure about where to start or how to start there's lots and lots of information on our website musicfordementia.org.uk everything from that musical menu of choice and and what's listed on that uh, to the musical dementia pathway to guides on how to get going with um, making a playlist to how you embed music into social care plans. There's a, there's a real um, rich wealth of information on there and we'd encourage people to, your listeners, to, to go and head over to that website and have a look. Today, our conversation has been with Grace Meadows, a campaign director for Music for Dementia and a music therapist. We so appreciate you helping us untangle music and people living with dementia. Thank you so much. It's been a real, a real joy talking with you. Thank you so much, Grace. Uh, it has been a passionate and powerful morning learning about music, and we appreciate you spending so much time with us today. And thank you, Heather, for another great conversation. And thank you to you, our amazing listeners, for joining us. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and share this podcast. I'm looking forward to our next conversation on Dementia Untangled. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Dementia Untangled. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Dementia Untangled is hosted by Heather Mulder and Janice Greeno, produced and edited by Amber Ayers, and is brought to you by Banner Alzheimer's Institute and Banner Sun Health Research Institute. We are supported by generous donations to the Banner Alzheimer's Foundation. Please visit our website at banneralz.org and follow us on Facebook to learn about upcoming events. If you have questions or comments, please email us at dementiauntangled at bannerhealth.com. Mm -hmm.